it is finally here, Super Bowl 56. This is episode 42 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Bellafato. He is Joe Fan. We've got props on props. We've got an awesome interview with Nick Deus to talk UFC. And of course, we will give out our winning picks. It's finally here, Joe. I know. Two weeks of talking about what feels like the same storylines over and over and over. And the lines moved a bit. The Rams opened as heavy favorites. They remain heavy favorites. Um, the total has gone down a couple of points. It might be bet back up by the time kickoff rolls around. But ultimately, we know what these two teams bring to the table. And I am super eager for this game to kick off on Sunday afternoon. I've gotten to the point where I just started betting like the most absurd props I can find on offshores. I'm like, okay, Gatorade color, boring. Like, let's say Snoop Dogg, is he going to smoke on stage? I actually found that. I was like, that's Did that's you actually? Did yeah. you bet it? <laughs> I Maybe. I said yes. Yeah, I forget exactly what the number was, but it was like, Snoop Dogg to smoke on stage, the color of his shoes. I know there's a ton of props out there, like uh, what song's going to be first. Of course, everyone knows the anthem time. Those are ridiculous. And I mean, <laughs> if you're a big offshore guy or gal, then that's all on you. But you get to the point where you've bet all the legitimate props and you're like, okay, I'm bored. What now? How far down the DJ and rabbit hole do I want to go? Snoop Dogg smoking on stage? I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I've gotten that far. And the problem is that every time you go back to just, you like have a bored moment when you're on your couch and you're like, mm -hmm. I'll go look through them again. Oh yeah, 100%. And you convince yourself of a couple others and you say, well, why not? Yep, yep. It's I'm sort of like everyone's cheat day is like a better. Like we all have those moments where like we just bet on stuff because we want to, but like I would say the Super Bowl, especially in terms of props, mm -hmm. is the ultimate where... You throw caution to the wind. There is no real research to be done unless you're Martha Stewart with insider information. <laughs> uh, you have no idea on pretty much all of them. So yeah. I'm with you. Yep. It has been a fun, and it's funny too, because everyone, like people who don't bet props will really just bet those absurd ones. So it's more of a conversation piece than anything. But yep. anyways, we will get into our legitimate props in just a bit before we do that. Victory lap and hold this L. You've been getting into a lot of college basketball and you're actually doing well. Yeah. You know, it's fun to to bet on college basketball because outside of like the top teams, I mean, I don't know anything. I mean, I bet on UNC Wilmington to cover seven and a half at Hofstra and they almost won outright. They covered easily. Uh, went four and one in college basketball yesterday. Um, and you look at it and you're like, these are teams that A, some of them I haven't heard of ever unless they've been in the tournament, which a lot of them haven't. Or B, it seems you've heard of, but you don't have even watched. You don't, couldn't name a single player on your team, but it's strictly numbers-based. It's strictly analytics-based, analytics strictly uh, efficiency numbers, trends, how they're playing over the last five, six games. And then you see how you do. Compared to the NFL, where as much as I want to trust numbers, I also have such a bias in my head of watching every single game and knowing which players I believe in and which I don't. And it's sort of a marriage between the two of what analytics tell me and what I just kind of, my gut says. So college basketball is completely on the side of, I mean, I have no gut feeling. I haven't watched a single team. I don't know, you know, to do a lot of them, but so it's been fun. Um, and I look forward to kind of continuing that wave. I've decided, uh, my big announcement is that I'm no longer aspiring to be a hockey sharp. I'm going to pivot and and get into college basketball instead. I mean, you gave up pretty damn quick. What was I it, did. Two yeah. or three weeks? Yeah. You know, yeah. you can do both, but yeah. no, I, I completely agree with you. And that's sort of how I feel about hockey. Not that I have no idea about it. Like I have a general idea, but I'm not watching it as closely as football. I'm not keeping up with all the stats as closely. And sometimes what I'll try to do with football, like if I do handicap a college, college basketball game or a hockey game is I'll 
not like take the team names off because obviously you know, but I'll try to just put the numbers up next to each other and be like, who is the better team on paper? Which I did for the Bengals and Rams. That's why every time I go on a show, I'm like, on paper, the Rams should probably win this game. However, and of course, there are certain things that the Bengals can do to win, and that's why I do like them. But I agree, sometimes not knowing the teams and not having any emotion is actually better for handicapping. Um, I stayed with NHL. I'm not going to call myself a sharp because I pushed, but I did well last time. My record is pretty good with hockey so far, but I was with the Canes and Leafs. I had the Canes team total over three, which pushed. And then I had the total, which I played the day before. It was up to six and a half. So I said technically wasn't playable. That did hit. Uh, the Leafs scored an OT goal to win 4-3. So, you know, not bad. Hockey overs are fun. Hockey unders are zero fun to bet. They're, yeah. They're because like rooting against goals, especially when it comes down to like an empty net situation in the last three minutes yeah. and you are at the number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the, the total is five and a half and you're at 3-2 yep. and there's an empty net for two minutes that you just kind of hope nothing gets scored. It, yep. It's electric. The it last is, it five is minutes of a hockey game, it's amazing what can what those five minutes can do to a total. Yeah. Almost like it. Well, I actually don't mind watching the whole hockey game, but I was going to say it's almost like with NBA, all you really have to watch is the last two minutes because that's so up and down. Yeah, because but, the double-digit first half yeah. lead means nothing. Yeah, but hockey is just more exciting to yep. me. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll get into Bengals-Rams. I know we talked about it. We've been talking about it for the past two weeks, but a little reminder, this opened the Rams laying three and a half. That's at four now. The total dropped down from 49 and a half down to 48 and a half. Rams money line up from 190, 195. Bengals money line plus 170. Rams team total still at 27 and a half. Bengals team total dropped from 23 down to 21 and a half. Have a lean on anything with any of those changes or still just going Bengals? You got your ticket, Super Bowl ticket. Everything's placed. I, I got 50 at, at the for the total. I got under that right when it opened before it was bet down. And I'm just going to continue to go ride the Bengals. I'll save some of that for my winning pick. And I'm also going to look for a Rams live line to, to hedge a bit. Okay. See, Should I, the Bengals take a lead, which I mean, they haven't. Right. That's why I, I will be looking for Bengals live lines as I did in the last game. Give me that plus 11 and a half, plus 13 and a half, crazy plus money line money. I'll take it. Um, let's get into props because we have several. <laughs> I As I said, I started hammering them once they came out and throughout the week, I keep looking, seeing numbers I'm liking. There's definitely importance of if you like an under, maybe waiting it out until before kickoff because it will get bet down, especially with how much public money is coming in. If you like an over, if you haven't got it yet, make sure you're getting good closing line value because you don't want to bet something that's already been bet up way too much. You're not getting the best number. Um, I will let you go first. You give your three and then I will give mine. Yeah, I'm taking any sort of field goal prop you can find. I mean, on win bet, you can take both kickers to have a field goal of 35 yards or more. Slam dunk, in my opinion. Um, and then collectively, over three and a half field goals feels like a win. I would take both kickers, point totals. I think I've seen both of them around seven and a half. I love all of it in terms of, of and I, I'm on the under, which means I like field goals. I like these defenses to get stops in the red zone. And both these kickers have been studs so far during the postseason. Um, I also love Odell Beckham Jr. in this game. We all love Cooper Cup. I mean, he is a tremendous talent and a guy who could end up being the MVP of this game, put up one of the best statistical seasons in the history of the NFL for a wide receiver. 
But Odell Beckham has certainly been a 1B to Cooper Cup's 1A. Probably not necessarily one, a legitimate number two to Cooper Cup's number one. He's got 19 targets over his last two games. His totals, and these are two separate bets because you can't parlay them because they're correlated. Um, although I guess you you can in the build your own bet tool, um, but normal, just like a parlay, you couldn't put them together. Um, Odell Beckham over five receptions at minus 120. Feels like a slam dunk. He had four receptions against the Cardinals. Only reason he only had that was because they they won 34 to 11 in that game. It was a blowout from, from the jump. He had six catches on eight targets against Tampa and nine catches on 11 targets against the Niners. Um, and then over 63 and a half receiving yards. He's covered this in, in the last two games. He had a buck 13 against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. I just love him being involved. We know that every defensive game plan is going to revolve around Cooper Cup and avoiding the Cooper Cup wide open play that is inevitable <laughs> as we've seen all season long. But I love Odell in this game. I like him too. Um, I kind of see him, of course, they're different players, but sort of like T. Higgins with sure. Jamar Chase. You know, they're going to have tight coverage on Chase, so T. Higgins is going to have to be, have a big game. Both Higgins and Beckham have showed that in the postseason. I will be on both. It's it's exciting to see uh, with Odell too. It's like he just sort of got dropped into this team and we've seen him each game get so much more comfortable in the offense. Uh, Stafford get more comfortable playing with him. So I'm excited to see what we see from him uh, next season. I like Odell anytime touchdown score. Uh, give me all of the Odell. I like that too. Yeah, I like that as well. I'm going to go with Money Mac. So I'm going to go over one and a half field goals. I got it at minus 115. You already talked about it. I also like the under here. So I am expecting a lot of field goals. Um, 12 of the Bengals' 17 scores are thanks to him. 12 for 12 in the postseason. Hasn't missed an attempt since week 16. He's had seven straight with two plus field goals, nine of the last 10. So I love McPherson over one and a half. Mixon. I can't wait to own an Evan McPherson jersey after they win. <laughs> yep. I'm getting a Money Mac and a Joe Burrow one. I have to. You're getting both. What, what, whether Double they honestly, You're going to have all the colors. Honestly, whether they win or lose, I, I think they're going to be so beast next year. With all of their cap space, fixing the O-line, the second. Oh, it makes me excited. I'm getting if you, both. If you forgot, Claudia and I made a pact, or if you missed Monday's show, which how dare you, we made a pact <laughs> that we would buy Bengals jerseys if they won this game. Yes, we will. Maybe I'll get one if they lose and then two if they win. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I'm going to go Mixon under rushing yards. So I got this at 64 and a half. We saw them play pretty conservative, um, you know, in that last game. I don't think they can really afford to play that conservative here. This Rams defensive front, it's the head storyline here. They're fifth in the DVOA run defense. They just held the 49ers who literally ha has gotten to the point that they did based on their run game solely. They held them to 50 rush yards, 2.5 yards a carry. And outside of that last game where they did play a little bit more conservative, the Bengals have increased their pass rate. Mixon himself is averaging just under 59 rushing over the last eight. Held to 54 against the Titans, 48 against the Raiders. He's only gone over the 64 and a half prop in two of his last eight. And if you dig deeper into the Rams defense as well, they're limiting explosive run plays They've allowed only three runs of 14-plus yards to running backs on 185 rush attempts since week 11. So even if we do see Mixon with maybe more volume in this game, the yardage, I think, could be limited. So I like Mixon under rushing, and this is my problem with all of these props up for so long. And the more I think about it, the more I look at the numbers, I want to try and limit exposure. 
So I have an idea of how this game is going to go in my head. And I'm thinking the Bengals can't play too conservative. I don't think Mixon is going to have much success in the run game. So I want to play him under rushing. I want to play Burrow over attempts. I want to play Mixon over catches and receiving. So I'm just going to throw some numbers out there. And and I do want to, I, I did play most of these. And I am a little worried about the exposure. But it's the last game of the season. I don't care. Give it to me. Mixon over three and a half catches and 24 and a half receiving. I really like these numbers. I think they're pretty low. All season, we've seen Cincinnati with the short, quick plays. They led the league in short dropbacks. I see a lot of those going to Mixon in the passing game. Averaging just over five catches in the last five. Averaging almost six targets in the last five. He's gone over this catch prop in all but, all but one where he lost by the hook. And the Rams are giving up an average of five catches a game to running back. So I really do like the catches. He's also gone over that 24 and a half receiving in the last five straight. So again... The smart thing is to limit your exposure and not have too many props correlated, but it's hard not to. Uh, and then I had Burrow over Just means past they attempts, all hit. too. One hits, they all hit. Right. So so here I am. And and yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's nerve wracking, but I really do like all of those. And correlated with that is Burrow over passing attempts at 36 and a half. He's gone over this in the last two playoff games. The Rams are allowing the third most attempts. His yardage prop is set at 275 and a half. Every time he's gone over that number, he has had 35 or attempts in all but one of the games. So, again, many of them are correlated. My winning pick uh, is a little bit different, but those are my three slash five (laughs) slash four. I love it. And don't forget, we have these props and much, much more available now on the WinBet app. You can also build your own bet, which Joe and I love, meaning same game parlays, including these props and more. So that's a lot of fun. Make sure you go Head over there and build your own. Let's get to our interview with Nick the Lamb Deus, host and founder of the Blue Wires Veterans Minimum Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Deus10. Nick, good to see you. What's good? What's good, everybody? How are you guys doing? Excited for the weekend or what? Nick, (laughs) it's finally here, man. Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm Super Bowled out. I'm not, but I'm like, I feel like we've been talking about it. about it for two weeks just now. ready for it to get here ready for it to get here <laughs> i know my problem is i have to just stop betting every time i look at props i'm like oh i like this and now i have 10 million bets, another, one. another one another uh, one <laughs> Nick, another I, one yep. i know that you and joe talked about the fact that you already have a rams super bowl ticket in your hand i have a question though have you played any other side like have you played the spread with the rams touching the total nothing just keeping that super bowl ticket yeah, I took the Rams back in August at 15 to 1. I'm holding on to it. I was telling Joe last week and he was blown away by the fact that I'm not into hedging. Mm-hmm. I am ride or I, die I with my tickets. That. I'm going down with the ship. So <laughs> I I do like a side in this one, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I, I'm not someone that hedges, Claudia. Not at all. Okay, so you, so you like a side. Are you laying... You're making it sound like the Bengals, you might like them? No, no, no. no. I actually think... So I feel like last year, I was in a similar situation where I had some Chiefs futures and same thing, didn't hedge. And I feel like I learned a lot from that game last year. Apparently and I'm not applying enough. it to this one. Apparently not enough. <laughs> not You're enough. still not hedging. <laughs> but... Should have hedged last scenario, year. I mean, the Rams can win and the Bengals can cover, right? Like, it's a scenario if... But no, you're going to go with the Rams? Yeah, well, (laughs) here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before Joe called me out about not hedging last year when I knew what to expect. This year now, we have, I think, the offensive line for the Bengals 
is the biggest key to this game, right? Everyone's been talking about the pass rush, but Joe Burrow's been sacked 63 times this year. And now you have this defensive line, the Raheem Morris system where they like to apply pressure. And I think their defense has played really well in the playoffs. They've shut down some notable wide receivers too, for the most part. But I think the pass rush is going to be very key. And why I'm mentioning last year's Super Bowl is you saw the Chiefs have four new starters on the offensive line for the Super Bowl. It was three new starters, but it was four people starting in different positions. And I'm applying that a little bit to this game here, where I think that pass rush for the Rams is going to be just too much for the offensive line for the Bengals. Do you have any props in yet? Yeah, I got a, I got a bunch. Now, I, I want to mention how I also don't like playing the chalk. I'm not a bet the favorite for MVP. When it comes to Super Bowl MVPs, I like trying to find some like interesting storylines, try to map out games, how the game is going to play out in my head. I love Cooper Cup. I bet that early and often at plus 600. Um, I just think that I was making a case for him to be the regular season MVP like around week 9 or 10. And I know that it's never happened in the regular season. There probably would never be a wide receiver to win MVP. But in the Super Bowl, four of the last 17 Super Bowls, we've seen a wide receiver. Last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, Judy, Julian Edelman won it for the Pats. And I just think that Cooper Cup, he can have a monster game. And Matthew Stafford doesn't really need to have a monster game too. It's one of those situations where you get a lot of the Stafford exposure through Cooper Cup. Anytime you get Cup with plus money, it's like, do I really want to fade that? <laughs> so I understand that one. Uh, you said you have a ton of props. Tell me what's your approach. I don't know if it's any different from how you approach football props in general during the regular season, but Super Bowl specific, these have been up for a lot longer than any other game during the regular season. I know I've struggled a little bit knowing, you know, should I wait on some of these unders? Should I, should I hit the overs now? Um, sort of what's your, your approach there for the props? Well, I love what you mentioned about waiting because I feel like if I want to bet unders on something, I am going to wait until kickoff. If I wanted overs, like I took the Cooper Cup over at 103 and a half yards. Now it's at like 107 in some places too. So I think as it gets closer, if you want to bet under on something, I would wait. If you want to bet over, I would have bet it already, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think public perception more so now. Because like you said, before we started like, you know, recording how you, I mean, when we started recording, how you've been talking about the Super Bowl now for two yeah, weeks. Forever. <laughs> so it's like everyone is hearing about the same stuff. So lines get overinflated as the game approaches. I love like. to see that CLV, baby. I'm watching it. All. I have a bunch of props, but I keep checking them every day. I'm like, okay. And the ones that don't move, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have put as much on yep. that one. But yep. <laughs> yeah. Nick, what do you think about a flyer on Aaron Donald at plus 1600? I mean, if if you expect, and I think many people expect the defensive line of the Rams to dominate as much as it as it might, you, know, you look at Nick Bosa from a couple of years ago, he would have had a chance to win MVP should the Niners have beaten the Chiefs. Aaron Donald could be a snap-to-snap game wrecker, and if he gets a couple of sacks, forces a turnover, plus 1,600 seems awfully tasty to give a throw, you know, throw a dart at. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. If, if I'm not taking Cooper Cup on the Rams, the, the other guy I'm going to take is Aaron Donald because of what you said. And everyone has seen those videos surface of him 
hyping himself up on the field during the last Super Bowl and even in the huddle against the Niners. Also, I think it's a it's a great call. I even think, you know, Von Miller has the same odds that he did when he won the Super Bowl MVP with the Broncos many years ago against Carolina. So I think someone is going to have a monster game on that defensive line for the Rams. And I mean, we're, we're taking a guy in Aaron Donald at 16 to one, like you mentioned, Joe, who this dude is a, everyone throws around that word generational talent. Like I'm a giant saying we drafted a generational running back and dude has played what 14 games in his career. He's very <laughs> frustrating, but anyway, let's not get too sidetracked. Aaron Donald is we can feel that kind of, that. it just hurts, man. It just hurts. But but with Aaron Donald, you could just see like if they win the Super Bowl come Monday, a lot of talking points are going to be: Is this the greatest defensive player ever? Because now he has the hardware, right? We're we're a rings culture, rings society, and I think that's going to elevate him. So I, I love that. I love the Aaron Donald call. I love Donald too, and a bunch of the guys on the team too always say, I forget exactly who it was, but he said. I almost want this win more for Donald than for myself because he, Donald just wants a Super Bowl. That's what he said. He's like, this is the one thing I need. So I'm cheering for him as well. Before we get into UFC, you're talking a lot about the Rams because I know you're on the Rams. If you had to pick sort of an X factor or maybe if you had an MVP in mind for the Bengals, I know Joe Burrow is the favorite, but would you go anywhere else? Do you have another X factor in mind? Yeah, I kind of like the odds for T. Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins, second year wide receiver. He's a big part of their offense too. And it seems like teams in the playoffs have tried their best to shut down Jamar Chase, which is, you know, dude's a top five wide receiver already. But there's something interesting that I dug up about T. Higgins and why I think he can have some success. So the Rams run zone defense at the third highest rate in the league. And Joe Burrow targets T. Higgins more in zone coverage then he does Jamar Chase. So when they're in man-to-man, he goes to Chase. When they're in zone, goes to T. Higgins. And I think the coach speak, even Jalen Ramsey says that he wants this challenge of Jamar Chase. So I'm thinking T. Higgins, I love T. Higgins over in, in yardage. I think it's like 69 and a half. Uh, his catches, I think at 50 to one, a guy who might get, a lot more usage in this offense than normal because of the Jalen Ramsey factor and his size against some of these smaller DBs. I think he's my favorite flyer from the Bengals if I was going to choose someone from the Bengals. I love that. I am with you. He was my X factor as well. And I read up on the zone defense as well. And his numbers have been good in the postseason. And I agree. Chase is going to have tight coverage. So I'm with you there. Joe, anything else on football? Shall we get to UFC? No, save it. All right, UFC 271, Saturday night at Toyota Center in Houston. Main event, Israel Adesanya is the heavy favorite, minus 280 against Robert Whitaker at plus 220, fighting for the middleweight title. Adesanya KO'd Whitaker in round two of the first meeting. We know you're a big UFC guy, very excited for this card. How do you see this main event going? Yeah, I was telling Joe last week, Claudia, how of all the fights that the UFC could put on this year, this is the one that I'm the most excited for. Uh, these are my two favorite fighters in the whole UFC, legit. And it sucks that they have to square off against each other. But also, it's it's the only matchup that you can make, right? Adesanya has cleaned out the division. He's basically lapped everyone. And now Robert Whitaker lost the last fight. There were questions of him coming back. You know, he was 28 years old when he lost that fight. And he felt like he gave too much to the game. Took a couple months off, came back, and he's won three fights in a row since. My favorite thing about this fight is... These are the two clear, unanimous best guys at the 185 division. 
But I also think that there's a new version of Robert Whitaker that we've seen in the last couple of fights. And the biggest question mark is, can he solve the puzzle of Adesanya at 185? Now, Adesanya is undefeated at 185. His only professional loss is when he jumped up to light heavyweight to fight Jan Blachowicz. And in that fight, it was so weird because he didn't even cut weight or anything. He fought that fight at 194, which that fight limit is at 205. So there was a massive size advantage in that fight. But I feel like this one, I was telling Joe last week, Joe, we were close on that bet, man. I know. Uh, that main event. <laughs> and I, I even DM Joe. I was like, ah, oh, dude, so close. It was a decision. Um, and I'm thinking that this fight is going to be another one of those where it goes the distance. Uh, the, the thing that I'm seeing here is Adesanya is not a guy when he fights that puts himself in danger. He's four guys that are one hitter quitters, knockout artists, and he knows that. And he's very calculated. He picks you apart from the outside with his length. And I think that's what you're going to see here with Adesanya again. Okay. But why, so then why does Whitaker have a chance? I mean, you said this is your favorite fight of the year. What does the new look Whitaker look like? What is the difference? And, and do you give him a shot at plus 220? Yeah, well, I think the line here is, is mispriced. I think this should, this should be closer to like maybe one four, minus 140 plus 180 plus 175 around there. A lot of times in main event title fights, I gravitate to the underdog if I feel like the price is just wrong. That's how I feel here. Now, to answer your question, I think the one thing with Whitaker is he knows that he can't have a firefight like he did last time. He abandoned his game plan. I feel like the emotions of that event also took took over Robert Whitaker. That fight was in his hometown in, in Australia, and it was a sold out event. And he was the home guy. He was the home, you know, the the home fighter. And he lost that fight because he tried to strike with Adesanya, who's a world renowned kickboxer. So I think Whitaker now, there, there's been a blueprint with Adesanya, how wrestling him, taking him to the ground. He's been taken down a lot more in his last couple of fights because once people saw one person do it, they saw that it was possible. Dude had a 100% takedown defense until he, I don't want to say exposed because he still won some of those fights, but there's like a chink in the armor now in the takedown defense for Adesanya. And that's what I think Whitaker would have to do in this one. Real quick on the co-main event, Derek Lewis, a heavy favorite, minus 185 against Taya. Or is it Ty? Taya? Ty. Ty. Tui Vasa. Uh, he's at plus 155. Um, both these fighters have combined for 33 knockouts and 39 career wins. Where are you at with this one? So this is a fight which uh, a little bit of deja vu for Derek Lewis. Last time he fought, he fought Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins was a newcomer to the UFC, four straight wins, all by knockout. And Derek Lewis, you see this happen a lot of times, Joe, in, in the UFC where you have a old head, a guy who's been around the block, he's fought in main events, he's fought for titles. And then you have this guy who's a fan favorite up and coming. And then it's a collision course. Eventually, they're going to cross paths. Derek Lewis was in this scenario as an underdog against Chris Dawkins, stopped the momentum, stopped the hype train, knocked him out in the first round. Now you got Tai Tuivasa coming in, very similar. He does the shoey. I'm sure you guys, I feel like people have seen the shoey, even if you're not a UFC <laughs> fan. Dude just takes some crusty ass sneaker from a fan and pours beer in it and drinks it. That's I don't disgusting. know, people down, <laughs> down under are a little crazy. Yeah, definitely disgusting. <laughs> this fight, I know it's a chalk pick, but the under is one and a half rounds minus 180. 
th- this fight has fireworks, two heavyweights, two premier heavyweights also. I think this fight ends early. You say you don't like the shock, but I feel like it's hard when it comes to UFC because it's always heavy favorites or even, I was going to ask you like, what's sort of your approach if you don't want to lay the juice, but I guess sometimes you just can't really get around it, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if Derek Lewis to win by knockout is minus 110, you know, like mm-hmm. that's one thing, Claudia, that I like looking at. There's certain fighters where Derek Lewis, he's not going to, he's not going to submit anyone. Right. It's, it's 25. That's not his game. He's a knockout artist. He has the most knockouts in heavyweight history in the UFC. Tuivasa is the same way. Like these aren't guys that are going to grind out decisions. They're not going to beat you on the ground with submissions. It's, it's knockout or bust for them. So a way to find value on a heavy favorite would be to take Lewis minus 110 via knockout as opposed to taking a minus 185 to win outright. Well, you got me excited for the card. I'm not a big UFC girl, but I will be now since we have you on the show. (laughs) Nick, thanks so much. Everyone go check out his podcast, Veterans Minimum Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at NickDayS10. Nick, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Sounds good. Good luck, guys. Well, I was just excited about football, but I guess I'm excited about UFC now, too. (laughs) Huge weekend in sports. Big weekend. Because you've got UFC Mm -hmm. on Saturday night. Great card. You've got the Waste Management Open, which is a staple of Super Bowl weekend. Shout out to the 16th hole, rowdiest hole in all of golf. And then Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Great weekend in sports. It is. Packed weekend. Lots of fun. Um, let's talk winning picks because you and I both have a ton of props that we like, but there's one that we specifically like. I'm going to go with the Rams because I had way too much Bengals. Uh, what is your winning pick? I'm going to go with the team side. I'm going to go down with the ship as any good captain does with the Bengals. And I'm going to take the money line at plus 170. Been talking about it for two weeks. Not going to bail from it. Don't take my word as any way to sway you because I do think most of the logic points you to the Rams. But I'm going to stick with the Bengals at plus 170. I will do this. And I mentioned it with Nick there in that interview. My pregame hedge will be an Aaron Donald Super Bowl MVP ticket at plus 1,500. And the reason why I say that is I think the Bengals have a real... It's not just, oh, I'm going to go down with the ship. I've got the Super Bowl ticket, which I placed before the playoffs. And obviously, I'd love to see that hit. But they absolutely can win as long as that offensive line isn't a complete liability. And Nick also mentioned this. We just watched a Super Bowl a year ago where a team got absolutely waxed because they got smoked at the point of attack Every single snap. And so I, we can see that happening. We can see why that would be the case. The Bengals offensive line, they just two games ago gave up nine sacks. And a Rams defensive line, it's got Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller. Pretty easy formula to see a game that's dominated by a Rams defensive line and blows up everything the Bengals try to do offensively. Ends up being a lopsided win for Los Angeles. So if the Rams are to win, I think there's a very good chance that Aaron Donald the MVP. That would be my hedge. Um, but I'm going to go with the Bengals and I'm hoping to buy an Evan McPherson jersey on Sunday evening after they win and this Super Bowl uh, ticket cashes for me. I agree. I keep saying the key for the Bengals is not to win because I don't think they can, but survive in the trenches and and they can get a win. Uh, Before I get to my winning pick, let's give out some promos because we got two going on. Joe, I'll let you give the other one, but bet $10 to win 200 new users only make it a positive $10 or more odds minus 120 or greater, and get $200 in free bets. Go to winbet.com, download the WinBet app, 
for official rules and details. And what else do we got, Joe? And our secret word is Super Sunday. Shocking, right? Uh, Super Sunday, DM Super Sunday to the WinBet Twitter account. Include your WinBet email and username. Uh, terms and conditions apply, but should you do so, you'll be in for a $25 free bet on WinBet. Again, the secret word, as we have each and every episode, is Super Sunday. And I'm going to go with Rams running back Cam Akers under. You know I don't like my unders, so when I play an under as my winning pick, you know I really like it. Cam Akers under 16 and a half attempts. Bengals against running backs have allowed only 19 rush attempts a game. McVay announced this week that Henderson should be back, so they're going to split snaps between Michelle Henderson Akers. He's going to give whoever has the hot hand the most minutes. In my head, I just don't see that being Akers. I don't expect him to outshine Michelle or Henderson. In four games this season, he's gone over this attempt just twice. He hasn't been very productive. I know coming back from injury, but still only 22% of his carries this season have had a positive EPA. He's averaging just 2.8 yards per carry in the postseason. And I don't think that's enough to get a Super Bowl win. So I'm going Cam Akers under 16 and a half attempts. Love it. Love it. This is going to be a, we're going to have to make a whole show out of our victory laps and, and else to hold next gonna week be because there's going to be a big rundown. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to have to tweet it out and it's going to be like, I'm going to run out of characters. Hopefully it's just Claudia sprinting around the studio talking about this prop and this prop and that prop it's and those lit. props well, that, because, that all cash. Because I keep saying I want to limit exposure, but I'm not. It's either going to be one or the other very much. Yeah. That's like myself telling or me telling myself that I want to eat healthy and end up at El Dorado last night. <laughs> crushing two baskets of chips by myself. She came by, would you like some more chips? Like, yeah. yeah. No, you know what? It's so, Super Bowl week, so calories don't matter. Claudia's that's, that's mentioned four times this show. She wants to limit exposure <laughs> and then adds five more props that she's played. So like, it's hard not you. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whatever, man. Go eat your chips. All right. That's episode 42. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Good luck this weekend. Have lots of fun and mix in a water. <laughs> 